0: Welcome again. You're listening to The Frida Show. Uh, this is the second part of a two-part series. Merita Mortensen and me organized an exhibition and panel talk around the theme of the artist curator. Uh, we invited three artist curators from Los Angeles and three artist curators from Oslo to participate. From LA we had Paul Payment, Max Presnil, and Carl Berg. And from Oslo we invited Jan Christensen, Ragnhild Omos and Hanan ben Rikke Frank was kind enough to be our meta- moderator in the main talk. Uh, in the pre-talk, everybody presents and introduces themselves, so if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend you do, uh, you do so, uh, since we more or less continue where we left off. This is the main talk from the 20th of October 2016. Before we started, Ragnhild uh, presented the part of the exhibition Jan, Hanan, and she worked on, uh, which was laid out on a table in front of us. Again, I hope you will enjoy our talk.
1: So I just have to say why yeah, so there's large the paper across some tables in the room. And me and Jan and Hanan were all sort of like working as artists and maybe, maybe not, curators in Oslo. Uh, when we were invited to this exhibition, we decided that we would like to... Um, Try just to make like a memory map of the projects we've been engaged in so far, uh, and we would also very much like to invite like you, Mr. So and No. <laughs> see to add on to those maps. This why it's like drawing utensils onto the tables. Please don't feel afraid to sit on the table or towards the table or. Doodle while we are talking or discussing, and if you don't feel comfortable just now, then maybe also later during the uh, opening, you can just have like a think about like what are the projects we have found most interesting, and so like the time you have spent in Oslo, that's been on artists from space or curated by an artist or similar things. It's also allowed to walk through the middle. It's completely safe. Nothing at all. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, do forget to contribute and, uh,
2: and, and um, just, quite, you know, just adapt or uh, whatever you like. This basically is like a mind map of our own experience. Mm-hmm. Welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Mirette Mortensen, and uh, together with Frido Evers, have initiated this project. Uh, When I studied at Oslo University College, I was trained in both art and art dissemination. And I've been working mainly in galleries in Oslo since. Both are curator-run spaces and artist-run spaces, such as Demon's Mouth, that also Frida was involved in. And lately the two of us have been working together on exhibition projects, but we always have fundamentally disagreed on how to curate. Frida with an artist attitude and me with a freelance curator attitude. And uh, I found it particularly interesting when reading the new recently published study Artist as Curator by Elena Filipovic, who claims that uh, historically, it's actually the artist curator who has made the freelance curator possible. Um, That is through the work of the artist when curating that we start thinking of the exhibition as art or as a medium, and see the independent curator functioning in some sort of artistic capacity and that art history has failed to recognize or mention this. Uh, One of the early examples of artists artists curating is uh, Gustave Courbet, who in 1855 curated uh, his own pavilion across the streets from the Salon in Paris to better present his artwork. And another famous example is a century later, in 1957, Richard Hamilton and Richard Pashmore's An Exhibit, which was an imageless self-referential exhibition about an exhibition. And about the same time in the 50s, 60s, we see the artist-run spaces emerging with a new type of artist curating that puts the artist in the center and mostly with shorter planning and shorter exhibition time. Uh, And by being more experimental, uh, flexible and supporting of unestablished artists, they became an alternative to institutions, museums and commercial galleries. Another aspect may also be that many artists now continue to curate in a salon-like style, maybe to oppose the official exhibitions of today, or just as means to show new work to new audience. Some also claim that many of these alternative spaces increasingly become variations of the organizations they sought to oppose, like new hybrids of institutional museums and commercial galleries. And finally, I also think it's worth mentioning that the Manifesta biannual this year is curated by an artist named Christian Janowski. And all of this got us very interested in finding out more about the role of the artist curator today. And to explore this further, we have invited artist curators from both Oslo and Los Angeles to do something in these rooms and to have this panel talk with us about the subject and about their own practices set in two very different art scenes. And with us in the panel we have Jan Kristensen, Ragnil Omos and Hanan Benamar from Oslo. From Los Angeles we have Paul Payment and Karl Berg. Max Presnil, the third artist curator from Los Angeles, could unfortunately not join us tonight. Then I give the word and the mic to the moderator, Riki
3: Frank. Yes, applause. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for coming. Um, Thank you, Miretta and Frido, for the invitation. Please come in. Come
0: in. (laughs) Just
3: walk in. Thank you for the very rich introduction. Uh, I think this introduction um, already uh, points to many, many questions that we will hopefully kind of pick up in the discussion. Uh, I would say in particular in the discussion with you as audience later on. um, For my part, I will more focus on um, our lovely guests here and their practices and their experiences and um, maybe their shifting roles as working as artists and curators or even maybe, I don't know, as critics as other, in other positions. Um, I'd like to start uh, from an understanding of the exhibition or, the, or better to say of the act of exhibiting uh, as constellations, as formations, and as arrangements, in particular as arrangements, because arrangement has this very nice, very ambiguous tone of contracts, of. Uh, compositions of uh, links to other fields. So, of arrangements that structure and that are structured by roles and positions and um, that create some kind of non static interrelations between people, things, articulations, and whatever is involved in these arrangements. Um, I also like to see. Look at exhibitions in this context, maybe um, of course, in a way how Elena Filipovich pointed it out that artists have shaped our understanding of the exhibition as a form enormously and still do, and will do so in the future. But that also maybe then may lead to the um, idea that uh, exhibiting actually is an extension of the organization of the pictorial space, Um, as well as then the installation, of course, as a specialization and temporalization of the act of organizing and ordering. However, this act of organizing and ordering is reflexive discursive and therefore connected to other social fields, questions, concerns. Also economic and political, of course. Um, And as I already said, it is also connected then to other practices. Um, As I would argue, such as the artist as critic or even as the artist as teacher. So the artist as curator is kind of sitting in a field of intermingling questions and problems. The key term for me is practice. Maybe also because I'm socialized, I admit, in the 90s. Um, And I still stick to this term, practice, you know, when it was very important not to expose, but to do to do magazines, to do bookshops, to do artist-run spaces, to do many things, maybe. Um, So everything that goes beyond the idea of exhibiting as the mere act of placing works in a white cube. Um, Because I like things in between and they they actually, you know, they become the biotope that is a bit more interesting. So which I mean is that this understanding for exhibiting implies a field like thinking or a field like arrangement that we share yet not own. And I think that is also very important to me. And I'd like maybe to start with one of the questions um, that is part of the press release. Um, How and why the artist takes on the role of the curator? It says, where are you? There are you. And I'd like to ask you, Carl, because uh, we had a short conversation yesterday, a little warm-up that is recorded and will be online, and it actually might be interesting, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> producing a new exhibition um, sorry Carl so um, I think I'm, um, you mentioned that or you pointed to the importance of the question uh, what is the goal of an exhibition so in terms of like you know being a bit more specific and what I like about this is that very often you know I wonder when we talk about curating or the curator, it becomes very generic, very generalized. While when we think about film, and maybe also because that's my other second background, uh, we immediately think about different genres, you know. And then we have filmmakers for documentary and for romantic and love films and for thrillers and so on. However, so obviously we also have curators with different backgrounds and practices and. I would, f- at least say, um, yeah, they also uh, like artists. I also never think of the artists as the artist. Yeah, you know, they also have maybe different media, but also different questions and ways of approaches uh, approaching their p- uh, practice. So, sorry, coming back to my question, <laughs> are you still on board? <laughs> my question is like, um, how has Your artistic education informed your practice as in curating, and how has this maybe changed over time? Um, and what was it that actually you know you tried to shape to contribute to as in the field by curating, you know, as part of a maybe even yeah, not disconnected. To an understanding of artistic practices I would say, but rather as an extension of a broader for, practice I
4: think for me, the, because um, <coughs> I really haven't focused on my artwork much until the really last three years so I, I had 30 years of doing much more curating than uh, making art and so um, I think for me, the curating has informed my art Rather than the other way around, so I think that would be different, probably for the other people here. So uh, that's my personal experience, and I learned a lot about. Uh, maybe, you know. uh, I learned a lot about art, you know, because of curating, you know, and just doing a lot of shows and working with a lot of different artists and interacting with them and. Uh, and i don't have a formal art background.
3: can you uh, give us an example when you say that you learned a lot?
4: Well, when you do a show, you know you learn what works and what doesn't you you uh, you learn from artists and you learn about why they make work and how they make it and and you I think I kind of have a natural talent for matching things in that way, uh, so it came fairly easy to me but uh, you always can learn, and you can always learn. And once you think you can't, then you're sort of done, I think. So, uh, you know, it's it's you learn a lot from younger artists as well as you learn from older artists. But uh, I continue to always try to develop what I do and keep it fresh. And, uh, and for me, in terms of my own artistic practices, then I sort of learned, you know, what, by looking at other artists' work, you know and the expertise that they have technically uh, that I wouldn't be able to do so i I kind of found myself my comfort zone in 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 what I felt that I could express myself in my own work and so um, and I think sometimes for some people that comes much easier for me, it took a while to figure out like what how could I really express myself as an artist and I found a medium uh. I could explain a little bit. I, I have a large inkjet printer. I have two pieces out in the show that are inkjet prints. Now, I had been printing with this inkjet printer with other artists for over 14 years. So I learned a lot about that process of what that machine does, what you can do, how you can make a work on different types of materials, working with different artists who are trying to do different things with it, whether it's a straight photographic output... A light box situation or uh, an artwork that may be more gestural, not photographic based. So, all of these things help me inform, like, okay, I know my medium, I know how to progress forward with that. So, it's really through this curatorial uh, path and also owning a gallery and help me really focus my you know my attention to what I could do and I I figured if I wasn't going to focus on something now then it would be too too late for me to really have any kind of impact. Um, So that's kind of my path Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how I come you know to making art more so than how I come to curating. Mm
3: Anybody else? I'm, I'm very interested in how, like, um, how maybe your artistic background has also shaped and changed um, or has an impact on our understanding of the exhibition as a form. Yeah, How is this actually kind of really an extension of a practice?
5: Um, my background is as an artist, and um, I only worked as a curator out of necessity. It was pragmatic. Um, it was institutional. I, I wouldn't say I did it reluctantly, but um, I had no passion to do it. Um, but I did see a common ground in the things that I was working at. The, the, what I was doing as an artist and what I was decided to do as a curator because I, I knew a lot of artists and so it was kind of interesting to to see the commonality between the various artists that I was looking at and present those as a thesis statement for each exhibition. Um, and the common ground that I found was that it had to, it had to do about making choices, and you know, that's, which is very Duchampian. It's about making choices. Um, as an artist, what I would do goes beyond that, though. And they, they, so there is a definition I think there's a clear separation between artistic practice and curatorial practice even though they, they do have some overlap and I, I think it's really important to point that out because I think we live in a world where um, def, where boundaries are, are constantly being dissolved right I think the internet is the great democracy is dem- making everything democratic evening everything out and I think that's beautiful at the same time I think that there has to be Um, we also have to maintain definitions, right? I think culturally, you know, everything, the the world is becoming watered down. And one of the the problems with that is that each culture is losing their identity. And um, so I I do think it's important to keep those definitions while kind of blending in as well. So um, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's how I would define it, or that's how I work.
3: Jan, you had a comment
6: yeah i um I'd like to say how I think being able to curate has influenced my work as an artist in the sense that I would dare to try out new techniques or medium that I would only discover through the artists I would work with during the curating for for curated projects and I would learn about these things I would dare to 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 test them out you know and that would bring my artwork further in different directions um, yeah it's a quick answer to that
3: yeah. I'd like to pick up um, a term that you just mentioned, passion. And maybe pass over to Hanan. Um, <laughs> because yeah, fabulous. On passion. On, on passion, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on <laughs> passion. <laughs> no, just because when we when we <laughs> talked <laughs> yesterday, when we were in our conversation yesterday, um, you mentioned music.
5: You
7: know, just take it out. Just take it
3: We are recent, we are currently underwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, you mentioned uh, music you mentioned music and so my question would also be because that's an experience that i share that creating often allows of some kind of making connections between different passions that you you know. yeah
7: i think um i mean i have a background in music be- way before i started to study visual art so i started to i was playing music since i'm five or something and, um, but when I, I mean, the art school was the only place where I got accepted. So <laughs> when I was there, then I had to also deal with the, let's say, traditional formats of exhibiting artwork. So that's usually the exhibition. So, but there was something into organizing gigs that I really love about the energy and the, the this, this sort of ephemeral thing of it's just one night. Um, and it's it's really related to also time-based practices that it happens in the moment, and even if you tape it, or I mean, of course, it depends on the practices. But it's 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 when it happens. It's when you're there, and it's there is a huge gap in between the the, um, the documentation and the, and the presence um, of the person or being in an audience also. Um, so for me, organizing gigs. Before I moved to Oslo, like I really like concerts and stuff like that, and then for festivals. I mean, I will use it's. You can use you can use lots of different terms when it comes to like art arrangements. Really, uh, I don't really like the word event. I feel like this eventful thing is maybe not the right word, um, and festival is is sort of joyful, I think. And um, what I really love, I mean. My work in as an artist is in many ways very depressing. Um I would deal <laughs> with <laughs> war zones and <laughs> desert places and you know um yeah war and yeah I don't know it's depressing. So <laughs> organizing things is for me like um entertaining myself with works that I think are fabulous and sometimes are not there enough. I think there is also an urgency in some, I mean, I know it's like, it's. So, we always say, oh, it's so many exhibitions and half of them are good or half of them are bad, depending on who you see it, but I feel like there is really a lot at stake in a way that, um, because even if exhibitions are so, you know, I mean, an exhibition is an exhibition, it's not, I mean, you feel like sometimes it's like, what are we doing or is it really important to do it? But I feel it's also, very important that it exists and it's a very strict format and uh... <laughs> glad you say this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was going to say something else but i changed changed the trajectory of my sentence <laughs> no i mean it's no, it, it is very important and we don't necessarily have this distance when we when we are in the field of the time and like all the time criticizing and of course being very critical it's very important but um... There is also something that is um, very important when we have an exhibition that we are meeting each other. And the gathering. The yes. gathering is, is, is the most important. Mm-hmm. And that's why an art, um, an art school is also important. It doesn't matter if your teacher is famous or whatever, you know. The thing that happens is that we meet each other, uh, we grow together. Uh, we change our practices, we challenge each other. And so that's why I wanted to organize this winter solstice because I feel like, I mean, I'm very active during the night. I really love working late. And I I noticed that a lot of my peers also, you know, we were fighting for having this 24 hours access and (laughs) sleeping in the atelier was a big thing and whatever. But so organizing things through the night, having different fields, meeting each other, such as theater, um, performance, dance, uh, experimental music, noise music, concrete music, visual arts, and so on, that was very important. Because we share. We have a lot in common, which doesn't mean we're all the same, but there are lots, and lots of things in common, and the audience is very, I think, dedicated actually, more than what we might think. So yeah. that's why I do this stuff. <laughs>
3: a um, very quick thought because you said that you, you spoke about the event and about exhibiting and so on And when I mentioned arrangement that's actually something that I kind of borrowed also from George Brecht the artist and then this lovely letter to Jerry Saltz the, to the Museum of Modern Art in New York he talks about arrangement and he also talks about the event and about the scores of it, obviously, no? the, car, the link to composition. So um, so there's also a positive, there's a way to, to think about it more.
7: Yeah, I mean, I would <laughs> so like happenings, maybe it's also, yeah. maybe that's an old-fashioned word, like very dated. From it's there,
3: from this background, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But also when I think of others uh, as creators, I immediately think of what is lacking, what is missing, why taking things into your own hands? Yeah, that is maybe one of another cliche of the artist's as But um so my question would be, and maybe so if you could say something about this, because of two things. A, um because you are part of podium. So um what has been missing here in Oslo or what is still missing in Oslo, um, that you take the matter in your own hands. And maybe also because you already introduced a bit what is going on here on the tables, um, maybe kind of pick one example or something that, so that we, you know, that people also in the audience have the pleasure maybe to uh, hear a bit uh, of the history also of um, Artist-organized or created shows. Let's see, I'm just gonna
1: find a way of dealing with the microphone. Um,
3: okay, is this
1: fine? Is it too much? Okay. Um, so, uh, why take things in your own hands? Um, I think I just—I'm just gonna very briefly return to one of the previous points because. I remember very clearly having studied in Oslo and then com- no, having yeah studied in Oslo first, then parallel studying in London and Oslo afterwards, and coming back to Oslo again from London to do the um, uh, thesis uh, MA show, and finding that everyone just wanted a white cube, and having suddenly been studying exhibition histories uh, in London, I came back with all these. Uh, new thoughts and ideas that was actually missing from the art academy here at the time, uh, which I feel has changed a lot now in the later years. And um, at that time I was very surprised. And now uh, in Podium, which is just across the uh, Arkes River from where we are now, and uh, a long time artist run space in the first floor of Heismania, um, we as myself, uh, Ayat Tulewbeck and Ignas Kronkluvikus changed the space, including to uh, do a total uh, refurbishment of floors, walls, uh, light fixtures, even the windows towards the street area, and it's actually created to maybe one of the best white cubes in Oslo been quite strange since it's in an old occupied building now turned cultural house so one might wonder like why would I go ahead and do that coming with all my critical ideas I mean we have spaces like Diorama for instance in uh, Oslo which is also an artist run space and they are located in an old washery and are doing painting exhibitions but they have nothing uh, that seems like a white cube they are actually just leaving the room the way they found it with still this kind of, like, chlorine smell in the walls. And why it made sense for Podium to actually make a white cube is because of uh, what we see as our, somehow our mission in Oslo. Um, we are working mainly with uh, quite young artists. So while Diorama, for instance, brings in uh, foreign painters whose works can survive in any context somehow, Our core group, the people we are exhibiting, is freshly out of education artists. Artists that are on their way to go into this kind of strange economy we have in Norway, with both grants, opportunities, various exhibition spaces, and there are very, very few commercial galleries in Oslo, and also in Norway in total, and a very small art market compared to the rest of Europe. This makes uh, possibilities to be picked up by a gallery extremely small. So for our, the main reason we did the refurbishment of the space is to give the artists we are working with the best situation to make uh, portfolio work, to be able to put their work online in very high quality uh, compared to what you would get if you are running a more like run down area or the way our space looked before. So even if there are other places like No Place, for instance, is working towards much of the same kind of group that we are, we see that the amount of experimentation, the possibility to focus what you are doing into an exhibition is what is missing in Oslo still.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when it comes to going into like, a specific project here on the table, I think I would rather like to invite Jan to talk about that, because he he's has ready been to around go. Uh,
8: <laughs> for,
1: uh, I mean, like he, he, he is the grand old man of artists, the curator maybe, uh, in the uh, in at least between the Oslo crowd of us here
6: um, um, I, Well, I've been around for a few for a little while now but uh, um, I'm going to pick up on that a little bit later, because I want to Comment on something else first, and that's w- how I have been curating. And uh, I actually, I've, when I I haven't been uh, connected to a specific space or anything. I haven't had run been running a space. I've been, uh, been lucky to to get opportunities to curate here and there, in in Berlin, in Oslo, in Stockholm, in New York, um, in the, and I've um, when I've been curating, I have i've been thinking about like uh what kind of artists i, I see and and i'm curious about and i want to see other work by or more work by i'm not uh, even though i've done shows with uh, you know decent cura- uh, artists uh, uh i've also been more and more focused on these like sort of m- more fringe artists or artists that i that you re- don't really see that much work from because i consider curating uh Uh, Means of uh, some a means of communication and and distribution, and uh, being a curator who just picks up on somebody that everyone else works with is not so important to me. Uh, And I even would argue that that's that's not really interesting curatorship at all. Um, So when I've been curating, I've been trying to bring forth artists or their work or certain works by artists that might have uh, been exposing other works or just exhibiting other works. But I've been trying to to help them present the work that are not so commonly shown, stuff like that. For example, I did curate a show like 10 years ago at 0047, and it's it's mentioned somewhere on the table over there, with um, almost 100 artists, I think. I didn't even get to list all of them there, Um, where I asked asked them all to go in the studio and find something that they don't really show to anyone or that nobody wants to present if they show them to galleries or curators or anyone they want i want we'd like them to find whatever little project they've been working on that is hidden in their shelves or in the back of their studio and they all all these artists brought out these this kind of work to that show which was a six in six show installment um a series and uh I'm, i've been really happy to see that some of those artists to who, who show there Continued on in certain directions based on that exhibition or series of exhibitions, um, and I um, so when I've been curating, I've been I've been trying to help uh, you know affect or uh, contribute to people's careers or artistic expression, and I have also um, uh, been thinking that I, when I curate, I want to create new stories that even diverge from the artist's own intentions. Like when I curate, I I use artworks as as a means of a story that I want to tell or a point that I want to make. I don't care what is actually the intention of the artist. This is a little brutal to some people. You know, it's not really kosher, maybe. But as an artist, I feel like I'm even able to do that more brutally than maybe curators sometimes feel they are allowed to do. I'm just making a challenge, challenging you there. (laughs) I don't have a poker face. Okay. (laughs) Because I actually, you know, there's a lot. We are, the, we, we're all are Most, many of us are artists. And I'm very really happy to see some young artist curators here in the audience. Uh, in this, right, there, right there. And um, I'm sure they have some comments as well. Um, but uh, we're all artists. Most of us are artists. And sometimes, you know, we're lost in these on, in certain tracks that we are, you know, m- where we are going. And we need somebody to help us out of that, those bad tracks or other tracks put us on other tracks or help us see some other you know, qualities in our work and i don't think so many curators do that curators are sort of keen to know what you're doing what you, what's your is about everything and then they put together shows based on what you're telling them and an that share visions or or values but i'd like to see more people curate or put together work that where they only use these 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 objects as means of their own sort of statement the curator statement and that's why uh, how I've been curating a bit actually, um, and sort of even bringing together artists and artworks that were where the artists themselves were sort of skeptical of the other artists at the show. I did that s- latest this summer in uh, Stavanger at Project Rum Nurmans, a show called Defaced, uh, where a lot of artists or some artists were sort of skeptical of the other artists. But I was telling them like, listen, this is my show. You just you're just giving me these works, and I'm gonna do this uh, show. And it's all about more what I want to say. It's, I made this uh, sort of statement about uh, the range of ways of, uh, of making um, of portraiture. That's such a simple, you know, uh, topic actually, but uh, made a really spekt- to the range, wide range of, spe- of, uh, of expressions. And I did another show in Stockholm uh, twelve years ago, where I, when I had a residency at the Jaspis. Uh, I, I asked the 12 or 15 artists to, su- to submit work for this show, because I, I wanted to see these artists together. But I said, listen, you're going to give me this, uh, this work, but the work is just going to be your idea for the work. Even if I've seen your actual execution of a painting, a photo, a film, or uh, whatever it is, I'm going to remake the work for you, so it's out of your hands. It's, it's, it, maybe it's a small sketch that, you've been, that I've found in your studio, but I'm going to make that a wall painting. Or it's a photograph, but I'm going to make it into an in animation, or something like that. I would read I would take their work and do something else with it, and ma- basically execute the work. And uh, a lot of people were skeptical of this. Not everyone participated either. Uh, and I was, uh, but I was able to do a really interesting show, really complex show. And um, um, I think the artists appreciated this. They went to the show with you know brand new eyes or, or huge eyes on their own work. You know, like brand new vision of their own work. So stuff like that—that's that's sort of curating that I don't think every kind of curator would dare to do. But as an artist curator, I would—I have I dared to do that. Do you,
7: think, do you think it's a question of trust? Like you can, could trust an artist artist curator more than a curator? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, or does <laughs> <you understand? laughs> so much attention? I would
3: agree it is a question of trust, but i w- yeah. of. I mean, I also share this experience that artists, lucky me, have shown some trust in my work so (laughs) that you can do these type of things, you know, that you can actually kind of uh, use creating as uh, a technique to ask questions, to unravel something, to bring things in opposition, uh, to change opinions about things, to unpack works, because we don't want to see them again and again in the same position. We want to see them from, you know, turn them around like stones from all sides. Um, I made a uh, show on textiles and um among other positions we had also Rosemary Truckel, uh in combination with fiber artists from uh, the 16th and 17th something that she obviously looked at in her practice but mm-hmm. kind of also kind of distanced herself <laughs> very clearly from she freaked out like when we proposed it to her first and said like you know there were reasons why I didn't go into that direction but then it also does something. It does something, and uh, 30, 40 years later, it also shows that things have changed, our position has changed, our view on the past, or so the way how we you know, may use the past to think about the present and the future. That sounds very banal, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for that. I think that's, yeah, exactly. Karl, yeah, come on. I was gonna say
4: that my, my curating is very similar to your process. Uh, I've often, you know, as artists, for uh, <coughs> instance, <I, coughs> excuse me, I did a few shows um, that were wall painting shows. So the whole gallery, maybe twelve artists, would paint one, one, one. Each artist would get a, a different wall, and I, I asked people that never did a wall painting before, may have never done a big painting before, and so it really challenged them to, to engage something new and a new a process that was. Uh, And I've done this with different shows, put them in context of things that they might not have thought about doing, challenging them to different kinds of ideas. And I think, in a way, that's probably where my own artistic process was bubbling up already years ago. You know, not executing the actual artwork myself, but sort of living through these artists, you know, where I would challenge them to things, to ideas. Um, And I think that. I don't think I did that consciously but but uh but um but I would see th- things that artists were doing, and then I'd say, Well, how would you like to be in this show, just like what you were saying earlier? How would you like to uh and and, and also uh, I did shows of things that had really nothing to do with per se the art world but just were things that I thought were subject matters that. I personally was interested in, so it, except I didn't make art about it, I found artwork and artists that were delving in these subjects. Um, so those were very uncommon shows. I did a show based on Southern California car culture, and I mixed car designs and fine art, and there were some really great artists in the show, and it was a subject that had not really been addressed. It was always. If they had car culture shows, it was usually I don't know if you're familiar with like hot rods and low riders, those are the common sort of things that are expressed uh, in car shows in in, in, the, in in Southern California. But I did one where I chose to work with the car companies and I was able to get designs from BMW, Mercedes and all these different and and it sort of was like people go, Well, well how does that work together how does art and design work together I, I wasn't saying that art was design or design was art but it was just this mix about and when you see the show in its context all together it really made sense and and uh, the funniest thing was that i did it i was working for the city of irvine which is a suburb of of, of uh, los angeles and so the city it was such a popular event that they the city itself wanted to give some kind of party for the show because they, but they didn't know how to do it so they gave an award ceremony. It was really ridiculous but it was like kind of like the Oscars and each artist got a plaque but also the car companies got plaques and we had the vice president of the design for Mercedes-Benz saying that he was so proud to be in a show with real artists and it was such a weird thing but it was such a uh, a show that i don 't think a regular curator would have done because it broke all the rules and 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 I think these kind of things were for me of, of you know similarly to like Crom- the things Crom- you're saying, you 're saying're we 're uh, of real real interest to do something outside of the box and uh, of course i 've done many regular shows as well, but this was I think one of the better ones so and it, again, it was outside the mold.
6: Uh, so just
3: quickly, I'm, I'm fascinated how this thing comes back. The the, creator, the, the the creator is something, you know, that we have just to push off the pedestal. <laughs> something. <laughs> because I think, like, the, the majority of creators are kind of really constantly exploring the exhibition as a medium, no? Or as a form, or as a... That is the fun part, no? As you're saying, kind of...
4: Well, it's, it's like making an artwork. If you, I, I feel, if you curate a show and it, it's similar to what other people have done or you've done before, it, it, you're kind of not progressing. You have to think about the context of what is an art show. And I, I just recently did one. Uh, uh, at the we we have a big train station uh, in in Los Angeles, uh, which is it's the yeah, only train station in uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> no. um, but it's it's quite well known. It's been in lots of movies and such, and it's a beautiful uh, sort of Art Deco building. And and they wanted to do an art show in there, and I, I proposed this idea about transportation, and the, they weren't interested. And 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 I had done this show, which I think you had done a Pete show as well, because you mentioned it. I did a show. Uh, before uh, at this Irvine Fine Arts Center uh, it was called Peep Show and all the artworks were behind the walls of the galleries and you would look and and they weren't any like Peep Show things, there was no nudity or anything but it was like discovery and I didn't, there I didn't have any signs or anything, you just had to find the holes and people would walk in the gallery and they wouldn't even think there was a show in there but it ended up being really popular because there was this opportunity for people to discover so I brought that to the attention of the uh, person in charge of the uh, the exhibitions at the train station and so we built a booth you know and inside of there were all the peep shows and of course there we did have signage and it was wildly popular because uh it was not conventional I think it was an idea of like uh what could you do in a train station that uh that would engage the public and and I think Luckily, I had done it before, and I knew how successful it would be. But it was something that was both very safe in terms of the artwork—you know, it was protected—but it also was very intriguing to the viewers. And when I did make visits to the train station, what the people were looking at it at all hours—it was amazing. Um, so sometimes I think, you know, this idea of the show—it's always a challenge. The challenge not only comes from my history and other histories of art shows, but also, where do you do the show? You know, what, you know how, how, how is that audience gonna react? And I think that's different from doing it in a gallery, to doing it at a train station, to doing it at a museum, to doing it, and so each of the shows might be adapted to the specific space. Uh, not, not only in, in scale, but also in subject matter and sort of the intent of what what you're trying to do and and I think that you know is for me has been the most fun is to try to adapt you know the shows to the spaces and and to think about them differently um, and what the, you know what the artist you know, like a wall painting show is totally different than anything. Because the, the artists have to spend like sometimes a week or two, three weeks there to make the work. And is that possible? And how do you arrange that? And these are all sort of things that are important. I think, is. yeah,
3: that is exactly. I mean, I think that the the exhibition as form is something, you know, it's not a template. It's not a template that we fill out and uh-huh, submit. <laughs> uh, have, so, as somebody Paul, who has
5: uh, been, uh, I've worked with Carl for 14 years. and um, I, I think he's one of the most exciting curators in in California, specifically for the reason that he doesn't come from an academic background he's not burdened by by um, an institution and he's he, it's, it's very if, if, I mean this in a, in a positive way it's a very naive way of approaching it and it's very I, I see it as very honest and authentic, or full of authenticity that he's able to do this and engage everybody, and and it comes off that way, and artists really love working with Carl for that same reason, because they see him coming, approaching their work as an artist would, and not somebody who is using it for a specific, that they have their own agenda, but Carl's kind of looking at it in a very naive way, and I think they really appreciate that. Um, With the car show that he did in Irvine, the other thing that um, I think was overlooked was that the um, the city of Irvine is also the main design hub for most of the automobile industry internationally. So even um, I think companies like Peugeot and European car companies have their design centers in Irvine. And so that really contributed to the whole thing, um, as, as well as the, the city, which is kind of naive, or they, I would say it's a very wealthy city, but it doesn't have a uh, sophisticated look at art or appreciation of mm. art—it's very suburban. Mm. Um,
3: so. well. I've, again, I've, I would challenge. No, exactly. That's exactly what you're saying. But I would also like to challenge you that I think I've also seen amazing shows in museums and in institutions. So I think it's both. I don't. I don't buy so much into this mm-hmm. opposition. But I think, like you know, I think that we need. The creators exactly, yeah. uh, whether it's an artist, whether it's a, a critic stepping into this position, whether it is, uh, you know, whoever it is who, p- who steps into this position, um, to think further the exhibition as a form, you know, and which is obviously a situational thing, but yeah, yeah. Come I was going
4: to say, you know, I, I think that uh, I think artists, curator, and and the sort of things, it's it's just one part of it. You know, you need to have the academic. Curators, you need to have all those other things as well, but the the artist curator sort of creates an additional dynamic that I think uh, can be surprising. And and, and what's nice about it, it's
5: a it, bit more of a grassroots approach. Yeah,
4: and and yeah. what what you know, sometimes the shows are horrible and sometimes they're great. Absolutely. And I I think you you being an artist curator, you have much more opportunity of just trying something and it not working. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were to do that in an institution. You, you know, it would be much more difficult to do that. You you, know, you can't fail. Fair
3: enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Paul, Paul, you just met Jan. You have a
6: comment. I just Sorry. wanted to comment on that and uh, go back to the, uh, and describe the situation in Oslo, where I think the, the artists run spaces uh, sort of they are they, they they compromise half of the scene or something. You know, it's like uh, it's really they are really important uh, to the art scene locally here in Oslo. Yeah.
7: I just want to say something about um, the idea of failure. Um, from my perspective, um, failure is very important, and I don't see it as a negative thing at, at all. And I think that, for example, in I mean, we wrote that very big on the table. What are your goals? I think failure is one of my main goal. I would say uh, in this stuff I organize because it's um, the winter solstice. For example, is it's a pro- it's a project and it's it's not something that is going to add anything in your CV. you know. So it doesn't matter if you have been at the winter solstice or not as an artist. But if you have been participating at the winter solstice, you have a very good uh, occasion to try something that you never tried before. And um, I've seen, for example, a musician that decided that he's going to try painting. And so he had lots of, thing, lots of thoughts about how... Uh, what painting is so he, um, he had quite sophisticated ideas you know, I, I, I would uh, say and he uh, brought um, he had a whole system with exciters so it's like this speaker's thing and then um, they would pick up the sound of the painting and everything and then um, but then he didn't think of what he would paint. So he came with this um, little um, thing that p- painters use like used in <laughs> the 19th century or something like, and he would put the colors on that thing. How do you call that? You know, you put oh, your there. finger there, the palette. So here he was with his little palette and the colors straight from the tube, you know. And then, so the audience is there sitting and waiting for the moment where the, the painter act and activate the space. And he draw a smiley and at that moment he realized <laughs> that was not maybe what he wanted to draw but you know once it's 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 painted it's painted so he then he added more colors on the on the smile and more colors on the eyes and 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 then it was over but anyway i thought for me i mean if i had to 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 see it as a as a creator or or a, as an artist um in that case i was i was not a creator i was not an artist i'm just bringing people together um I, I, would, I don't know what I would think about it, but probably not a very good piece. But in that <laughs> moment, I, I thought it was actually great because he was a musician and he never never tried painting before and never tried even performance kind of thing. And he did it and, and that's it. And so when I curate this show, <laughs> I, I will just use the important term of this evening so you get it. When I curate this show, I don't see it, uh, I don't interfere at all with people's works. Because I could have told him before that maybe he should think of what he should, he's going to paint, because I've, I've thought about it. Like. But I didn't say anything. I said, okay, here are your tools and yeah, you have a time and that's it. But the, when I organize these things, I see it more as a score. So I see the different values of dynamics and the different substances in a way and I, I compose it. So I see it as a kind of global thing and what time is the food and what time is all these things so it's it's more about timing so I don't interfere at all with people's ideas in that sense I just yeah
3: yeah and because as you, you
7: you want no no yeah, because we
3: also talked about yesterday that I um you know that writing um, as an artist about other artists creating other artists and so on it's also a support system you yeah? know it's that was just, m- but maybe you wanted to say something uh, else.
6: Uh, you mean as a, as a, as a curator uh, that you are supporting and mediating? It also
3: a, as an artist, you know, as an artist, writing on other artists, as an artist, inviting other artists to, to participate in the show. Um, if you say it doesn't add, to, sorry, if you say it doesn't add to your CV, I, again, would kind of also say it does add a lot. Yeah. You know, it does, it's, f- you know,
7: something called friendship, Ba, 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 yeah. exchange. I think it adds in a different way, but it's not in the idea of success or failure, or, or it is in the idea of failure, but it's not about, like, is it an important show? It's not an important show, in a way. It's, it's an important moment. It's an important situation. You learn a lot. You meet new people. You, you discover different types of music and stuff, but it's, it's a different thing than... Because lots of people you uh, participate every year, you know? So are you going to add five times Winter Solstice Night Exhibition? I don't know. I don't do it. <laughs>
3: There is is this wonderful work by Sylvia Kolbowski, maybe you know about this, An Inadequate History of Conceptual Art and she asked about 20 to 25 artists maybe it's more or less um, to remember a piece, a situation an event, an exhibition Um, they participated in, they went to they witnessed and they talk about it and many of them many of these projects many of the shows we see we do maybe they don't find entrance into history because of a big cover article <laughs> on art form or in any other you know contemporary art daily whatever it is but because artists come peers come and they Continue talking about it because it has an effect. It has an effect in a different way and continues traveling. Yeah, there there was
4: an interesting uh, uh, thing that happened, and it was a show that Paul and I did together. Uh, It was called the 99 Cent Only Show, and we have this uh, discount store where everything in the store costs 99 cents uh, or less. And the the exhibition. I don't know, just came up with this wild idea because I know a lot of artists that make work out of just all sorts of materials. And I said, well, I'll give you $20 to each artist to make work of things you can buy at the 99-cent store. And one of the artists uh, is a really good artist, uh, fairly well-known in Los Angeles. And her name's Lynn Aldridge. She made a, a sort of a, a, a coral reef like uh, out of sponges And if you look at cleaning sponges, they kind of look like things from the ocean. And she is incredible at putting them together. And uh, so, when did we? Fifteen years ago. We did that show about fifteen years ago, and I helped organize a show for this artist in Amsterdam last week. And at the show, there was a collector that I, I, I didn't know anything about. It he bought that piece. In Hall, so the show that we did at yeah, I think we it, deserve part of that commission. Carl. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but uh, so we did this show. So you know, sometimes you don't know, and I don't think he he knew that where the piece came from and how it originated. And she had not made work like that before. So the show was really in, in, instrumental in her creating this new body of work. And subsequently, she's made many works with sponges and sold to very good collectors around uh, America, but now apparently also in Holland. And he ended up buying another piece at the opening uh, that was, again, a sponge piece. So it was a real interesting thing that somehow, like you said, something you do, you think, oh, okay, I did that show and whatever, and then years later you find out that it had some kind of impact that you may have not thought about. And I, I think that sometimes when you, I've heard you mention earlier that You know, I think sometimes when you challenge yourself to something very interesting, it has a larger chance of failure, but if it does succeed, it's going to be that much better. It's going to have this, because you really challenged yourself, and I think that's important. This 99 cent, we we were afraid, because we, Paul designed the invite for it, and he used all the logos and stuff from from the, the company. And in America, you know, they sue a lot. And we were all, like, really afraid that they were going to sue us. So we ended up... Uh well, there's an interesting <laughs> yeah. side
5: note to this as well. And that's, um, I got a phone call from the, the founder of the 99 Cent Corporation. And I thought for sure when I got the phone call, uh-oh, oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> you know, they're going to come and try to sue us. And he did just the opposite. He, he said... Um, I've got, I've got the Andreas Gursky photo of the 99 cent store in my office. Would you like to come and use that in the exhibition? So I was, yeah, of course. And it, Going to the, to the headquarters of the 99 cent store happened to be an experience in and of itself <laughs> because um, it, it was completely antithetical to all experiences that you might have in the office of a CEO. I mean, it, it almost looked like a shack <laughs> and and the CEO looked kind of homeless <laughs> as well, <laughs> and it w- it was really fun. Yeah, it, was it was real
4: a great experience. Well,
5: uh, I, and and
6: and and I wanted uh, to oh go there. ahead. I wanted to pick up on something, but uh, uh, like unless like you're uh, to open them
4: to well, we're just nostalgic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> <talk about laughs> else, but it's uh, no time
6: for that. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll do uh, that later. Yeah. No problem. No, but but uh, I'm, I'm just wanna, I I want to say that I'm slightly I slightly disagree with you, Hanan. That. Uh, that you think the shows you put up are not so important, but you're doing it for this sort of the experience of the moment and uh, and uh, and uh, what's going on at, during the events. Because I do think that the, uh, some of these shows might be very important and inspirational to some some of the participants and and artists who who get the chance to do very strange things or new things. And I think you should you should really put emphasis on 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 these shows being, like, you should make sure, these shows might be important, and you shouldn't, like, you should at least, you, should at least, you know, type it down on your own CV as a curator, mm-hmm. uh, as, as projects you've been doing, you know, you shouldn't downplay these things. I think you're completely downplaying your, your own practice.
7: Okay, thanks for the motivation. Uh, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, I mean, when I mean not important, I mean, maybe not... I mean, I mean, different way of being important. That's what I mean. There is, I think, there are nuances, and I, I don't see it. I mean, I think lots of there are lots of places, for example, in the art world or in the art worlds plural, that are very important in a sense of career
6: building. No, no but wait. Yeah. Yours. Yours might be important.
7: Yeah. Okay. Might or whatever. But I'm not interested in that. That's that's what I mean. I'm not interested in this specific aspect of um, or this kind of aspect of showing works. I think what's very important, for example, at the winter solstice is not uh, what it has in your career or in your CV in, as such, but more the connections you do, the, experiment, the experimentations, and, and, and also the, the, the fact that you, can, you, know, you know it's going to happen every year, and you know that every year you can participate, and I'm not going to come and interfere, and I'm not going to say no. There are people that every year bring their painting and put it on the wall, and they were not on the list, and it doesn't matter. The first year, I had even a band that I had no, I I mean, it was another gallery, which actually was Percival Space before Demon's Mouth, where Frido and Merete were working. And so it was the same day, they had a concert, and then they cancelled because there was not that many people, so what they did is they brought their band to the to the winter solstice. And then suddenly I have this very, because the bands that play at the winter solstice are usually like noise music, experimental stuff. And yeah. And then it, suddenly we were all dancing in the room because of this band. And I had no idea it was like, and I was wondering like, who is this? Who are these people? And, and then Inger, so the, who was running uh, Percival space comes to me, said, oh, hi, I'm Inger. And I just brought this band. I thought you would like it. So, yeah, great. And, and every year it's a bit like that. And, um, and um, in a way, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a place where you can experiment things, but it's also comfortable in some ways. Because the first year you don't really know, but the second year happens again, and the third, and the fourth, and now it's going to be the fifth year. So there's probably, um, and, and it runs in so little money, Actually, it runs on 10,000 crowns. Like, do you know lots of shows with so many people that runs on 10,000 crowns, including free food for people, you know?
1: But that is amazing. <laughs> and we just like ask, because now it's been running for a very long time. And like, at what point does it change from being a festival or an event and becomes like its own little institution somehow? <laughs> well,
3: institution. Thank you.
6: And there's another thing I wanted to mention uh, how I, uh, I never include my own work in the shows that I curate. I think we that's a, that's a, maybe if I, because I don't think I have many principles in life, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but this is one principle I follow, and I've always been serious about that. And I think that's my advice to anyone who's uh, curate who would contemplate curating: is to to stay away from you know, don't pr- promote your own stuff. That's not the what you should fo- what not what you should focus on in those those shows uh, focus on the artists you're presenting and, and make sure it's sort of a objective presentation i think because if you include your own work it's never going to be a clean objective position you know in a way. um and that's this that again goes back to the show we're in right now which is a, a curious sort of mind bending project because uh it's a show that's supposedly curated by Meret uh, Steyro uh, Martinsen and then organized by Frido at the end there, who's the sound technician as well, and uh, um, and then he, it's it's it includes artists who have been curating and uh, who uh, have been asked to somehow curate the show as well. But then curating the show means participating in the show uh, because I feel like there's. I still haven't cracked this uh, this 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 invitation in a way, and um, I just uh, this is why we, like we are basically doing this kind of strange sort of collective drawing because uh, strange, isn't it? it's not strange it's not strange. strange that's true yes yes I shouldn't downplay it <laughs> um, but my mistake. <laughs> um, uh, we're doing this because i i really don't want to show my actual sort of regular work in this context i would like to emphasize still emphasize the stuff i've been involved in and the people i've been working with and credit those people uh so uh, and but still i'd like to, i i love the pras, practice of drawing and making sketches and stuff and i just i i, would, I that's i love this idea when we came up with this that we could sit around and Talk about things and, and just draw it up, and it doesn't matter if it's nice or you know, bad or nice or bad or whatever. Um, but anyway, I would like to maybe return that, uh, or maybe introduce Frido and Merete to the discussion, even to, in order to sort of question some, or answer some, answer some of these, or explain some of the definitions or, or ideas that they have about these things.
3: And maybe we can also use this as a moment to open up to the audience, well, because I, uh, um, I, I just not just for sorry, one second, yes. not just for questions, but also that, you know, as you already mentioned, many of you have shared experiences here as either creators, artists, or people with many hats.
4: Yeah, I just wanted to say that I, I agree with Jan about this idea of of you know. Um, curating uh, that it's one job and and not to include your own work but uh, but after 32 years or so of curating other people's work I broke the rule and decided to put myself in the shows and and I think 32 years if you've done it over 30 years you have you could do and put your own work in it and and I and, 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 and the artists that question it uh, They're just not ever going to be any shows that I do again. So <laughs> it's very simple, uh, but it, it it is you know it is something that uh, in myself making art and being really upfront and putting it out there, uh, I have about a fifty-fifty sort of fifty percent of the artists I know don't like it, and fifty percent do, and and I, I I live with it. I don't give a crap. You know I just want to make my work. I like doing it. Uh, I think. It, for me, it's interesting. And, uh, and I've curated over 10 shows this year uh, that I haven't been in. So it, it's, uh, it, to me, it, 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 it's not going to change what I do as a curator. Once in a while, I'll put myself in, a, in, in the context of a show. Uh, generally, it won't be probably a thematic show. It'll be more like just a show of L.A. artists or something like that.
3: I understood so. Jan's comment rather as uh, kind of pointing to the question of agenda, you know, what is the agenda of why are you doing what you're doing, and if it is to uh, kind of, yeah, say, okay, I put my piece in the context of a bunch of very well-known artists, international artists, or whatever idea, Um that is, I think it's, it's a strategy, but people can have different opinions.
4: Well, the, the problem with that is, is um, it works to a certain degree if the artwork... It has to really make sense. If you're, in a, if you're the only artist in a group of really famous artists, you know, that's easy to do. I can borrow works from collectors or, and, and get the names in there, but that, that's ridiculous. I think if you do a show...
3: I think that was exactly what he pointed to yeah, yeah.
4: You, you, you just have to make the show has to make sense uh, that's really you know it doesn't help in, even in general when you curate a show you might want to help some ar- younger artists to be in the context of, of some more famous artists but if it doesn't make sense it, it hurts them more than it helps them because everybody can s- you know, s- smell it a mile away you know if it's, uh, it, it's sort of a stacked show what, 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 you know, and, and it has no point:
3: I Which think. brings us back to the beginning that actually creating is a way of communicating. it's a medium it's kind of you know contributing to certain discussions and debates, continuing traditions, research, you know it's rehearsing things, testing things, researching. There was a question. Yeah. Hello.
9: So, um, what I'm. um, I I would like to bring attention to kind of the line of tension between the exhibition as the statement of the curator artist and the individual works as actual kind of uh, independent statements in their own right by the artist. And Okay, obviously, because this, this doesn't, the question won't apply to the Norwegian artists because they didn't actually pick out any works for their uh, part of this uh, double exhibition, but to the American artists. Uh, how was your thinking process um, in putting together this collaboratively uh, curated exhibition? Uh, did you think, think in terms of like, similarities between each other's works? Uh, or in terms of like an overarching uh, concept or just in, terms, in, just in terms of like fronting each other's careers and picking out your darlings? Are no, you talking whatever. about
4: our show here or just Yeah, shows yeah,
9: yeah. this show here that you I, kind of co- uh, collectively were supposed to curate.
5: Um, the three Thank of you. us, Carl, Max, and I have, um, we, we've co-curated exhibitions as far back, I think the first one we did it was in 1999. Uh, so we've all worked together in collaboration, and we've all gone, gone off in our various directions at times, and then come back and work with each other again. So um, the, the thing that strikes me the most is that we've got such incredibly different attitudes towards um, both our studio practice and our curatorial practice. As I mentioned earlier, mine is um, strictly it, mine's a day job. I I have no aspirations, I don't want to do it. It's like, okay, if I have to do this today, this is what I'm gonna do. Um, Carl comes from a a very much a a curator's background. In fact, I think a lot of people were surprised when he actually started making artwork. Um, Max was kind of working in both as a curator and an artist, but I think overall, I think the artwork kind of reflects our own aesthetic um, that, that we carry with us and it's the common thread between our artwork and our curatorial work. Um, um, would you agree with that, Carl? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul?
9: Uh, okay, so, um, uh, so there is no statement from you as to Well, I, I think. in your collection.
4: Yeah, I think the work that, the connection between the artists here is clearly that we're is our, really our connection of having work together. Not, it's the work has nothing to do with, if anything, it, it, it may have a little bit of a California look to it, but other than that, there's really no conceptual, visual connection, um, uh, and otherwise it would have, the show would probably have a different theme, you know? It would have, if it would have been about architecture, Paul could have been in it, and a bunch of other artists, and we would have had different artists maybe here too. But this show was really more about this idea of curating and, and and how that evolved as a show. And we happened just to make really different work.
1: I just remembered, and there might be questions that I can't see behind me, but I just remember this comment from the um, infrastructure summit being part of the Bergen assembly, where um, there was a two-day seminar, and somehow um was just continuously flowing through the room. There was this underlying subject that was never directly talked about, but it was always sort of like part of the conversations. And this is um, the phrase, I only work with my friends. And there was some kind of like uh, tests in the bars afterwards to try to define, okay, so what is this kind of friendship then? Or is it more like an affinity? Or is it pure like... um, Uh, um, how do you say, opportunism
5: or or cruelty? How do we join this club?
0: Can I... uh, does it need either one of it or can be a, it could as well be a combination of all those? Uh, of course. Above, yes.
1: But yeah. I think it's an interesting like, um, thought, this idea mm. that I only work with my friends or if I don't work with my friends or maybe with the people I have affinities with, it won't work. And this is also interesting with Jan when he was curating this defaced exhibition or just putting people together in the same show uh, who didn't immediately like each other or enjoy each other's pieces
0: is there any more questions from the audience if not i think uh, we can we can close it off um just to quickly uh, try to answer your uh, question uh, Jan is uh uh, we are as baffled as you you know we uh, we we brought this out to actually kind of explore this and see hey what is what what is this how you know this is we didn't have an answer beforehand you know we had more like a, 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 a complexity for a better word you know which we uh, tr- wanted to explore
3: but i think it, what is really interesting to me is also that um i think that you also use the format of the exhibition to actually have this conversation here yes. mm-hmm. so um because for me actually there's a reason why we have talked about the exhibition very little today Mm
8: -hmm.
3: so um and as you said that is more the forgive me for saying this the pragmatic part you know you brought works you showed works that's it but it's it's for the resume it's (laughs) for the resume wonderful yes oslo so but so because like many things that we discussed today uh, i would question how in which way are they reflected in the show so Again, you know talking about practice, I think we are in the middle of the exhibition, and we are just doing the exhibition right now.
0: Yes. I think that's a very nice uh, closing statement. Oh,
8: sir No, but please, please. please. Oh, I am also uh, running a space uh, artist run space in Oslo Ebba, Ebba is my name I was just uh, thinking that I, I my, in my thoughts anyway uh, some of these uh, artist run spaces in Oslo are here because of not only the f- making forms of exhibition but as a political statement somehow to to take the space and and uh, to as a, as artists also as um, some kind of we take the power in our hands we, mm. we do this we, we don't let curators curate the shows uh, I think that's kind of uh, anyway uh, some motivation of, of making exhibitions, mm. not only as experimentation of exhibition as form but as a statement somehow mm. I think yeah. yeah. I'm
3: sorry, why do I But uh, what I can't get my head around is, why does this one exclude the other? If the exhibition is a form, it's a statement. Sorry, I don't want to be, yes, I am stubborn, but (laughs) sorry, (laughs) it is, and yeah, anyway. Uh,
8: I don't think it's, it's, uh, um, I don't know if I understand your question, but I think for me as an artist, uh, it's motivating to take this space as a curator also. Uh, I don't know if, if that's any opposition to <laughs> I, I anything.
5: Uh, because I think you're responding to something I said earlier that was similar, right? Um, and I, I think it has to do with your audience here tonight, which I would have to presume are primarily artists or aspiring artists and and, and not so much curators that are that are within an institution or a larger institution. So we're going to have a different take on it than than um, maybe other art historians or other um, curators that are employed. I mean, so I think it's more of an audience thing than anything else.
6: young mm. mm. last one. Um, uh, I I wanted to say that uh, there's something about artists curating because <clears throat> as artists we are our names are. We're connected to our, our practice and our names forever. Like there's no way out of this. Like when when I fuck up, I it's my my name is is sort of dirty, right? I I can't go bankrupt and start over again. My name is still uh, attached to whatever practice and how many bankruptcies and or messed up shows you've made. You know, uh, there's something about um, that. This is a this is a my a theory though. But I'm just like artists. We we are sacrif- or we Daring a lot. You know, when we do this, we are t- making a, some, taking some risks. So when we curate something, it's, it's connected to our practice. But while I while I would state that I go and see some institutional shows and you don't even know necessarily who curated or put together those shows. So these things are, within in some institutions, it's not really, or the, institu- the curators themselves are sort of, it's a day job. And they, whenever things don't really work out, uh, or the shows don't work out, or haven't, you know, it's 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 forgotten after a few, you know, after a while. Well, because all of this stuff is connected to our names. You know, when you're under your space, you're connected to that to the gallery, and you're connected to podium forever. And and, and whatever I do, it's it's also by my name. I fi- I would challenge some, you know, this idea that 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 uh, or I'd propose that idea that this is we're risking something a little bit more than I feel like institutional curators sometimes do.
3: But isn't that then again? Um more something about, as you said, like uh, a freelance practice and an institutional practice. Mm. Um, you yeah, know, because coming also or also being based in Berlin, I would say that um, the majority of mm. people in the curatorial field are not linked to any institutions. Yeah. So again, here we come. Yeah. If you say the creator, then the Creator is yeah. the person that you is totally on your side that you this what you're just describing all of you here you know so uh, it's, that is why, why i'm cure. constantly kind of yeah. pointing to the fact that for me this is not so much into opposition right. and i'm but yeah. maybe there's also another point that we briefly addressed but when we walked into the room mm. saying like how come that the creator often is such a detested. Term uh, is that has that to do with the market, and and um, the fact that um, one of the things contemporary and the fact that you know the term contemporary that contemporary art is uh, considered to be complicit with the market, not just the market but the neoliberal system and so on. So the curator is then representing that part of art practices of the art field and so on, while the artist has still kind of the power to withdraw (laughs) and say, no, 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 I'm not part of that. And that's, I don't know, if that's underlying this discussion, then I'm a bit critical. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's good. Yeah, my th- <laughs> last
8: name is <was> Frank. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I, I just want
8: to. St- yeah, maybe yeah, you finish finished now, should, but No, no. No, it's. Uh, I. I think. Um, I. I think one. Uh, big. Uh, uh, thing is that something that you said, Ragnild, that you are making this space because you, you wanted to make uh, some a, a space for young artists to to show their work in an in an excellent space. So I think then then you are um y- you are uh, running this uh y- the podium because of th- there there is a uh, oh, sorry my, um how can i explain that kind of you're taking this space because it's a loss of something else in the in the art scene so you then we are kind of filling some gaps that's mm. what i think that was my yeah. question what
3: what is yeah, that we was are the question to you No know, yeah. when we started, like what is missing or what has been missing? We talked about yeah. generations, no? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. saying like in the nineties we had a totally different situation, like maybe now, yeah. You know? Of course, taking the matter in your own hands is always you know, it always points to the fact that something is missing or lacking. And that is what makes it then interesting to say like, okay, what is it? You know, what kind of seismograph is this? What does yeah. it tell us?
1: There's also this idea about of course like what is missing and that the uh, that what is missing is becoming like a magnet that you are acting up to but there's also this notion of response ability i think it's donna Haraway who has launched this so it's not only that you are responding to something but you have a response ability and this is also important i think with the artist from spaces
0: Hmm. okay we we really stop with that one there was a (laughs) as a this, this this you know that's also why we brought this discussion because this is our uh, uh, discussion quite a bit because we 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 can't find it out and and so we thought to expand this discussion not only between us two but between all of you and uh, so so I thank you all very much for participating in this uh, small experiment and and uh, uh and uh, so, um, just for the audience, we uh, we recorded a small, like a pre-talk yesterday. And uh, both talks we will uh, I will push publish on my podcast. It's called the Frito Show, uh, um, for a lack of a better title. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you can listen uh, listen back to that. Uh, and uh, um, so we had a completely different discussion yesterday or talk yesterday than we had today. So I think it will add quite a bit uh, to that. Uh, then, Rieke Funk, I want to thank you for uh, for being our moderator, being so kind in uh, being the critical voice and uh, stubborn and uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh. Uh, I think it I think it. I, you were it very well I think these
6: are
0: I think these are very positive things and uh, we just have a small uh, yeah. Oh mm. And then uh, 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 and uh, so then uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think we will, uh, we will be kicked out in 20 minutes from the building so just uh, enjoy the, the show a bit and then uh, I think a group of us will go to some kind of bar in the neighborhood to, uh, to drink some uh, beers and uh, you yes <laughs> yeah. thank you very much